Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ, so let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. And you can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. On tonight's podcast, I have my dad with me uh, via uh, Skype, and uh, we're going to be speaking about the book of Acts, specifically about Peter and the three keys given to Peter. And um, so as Acts is a transitional book, uh, my dad will be uh, teaching through that, and uh, it was a great time. Um, this is, again, a previously recorded podcast. Thank you again, though, for, for listening. Make sure you tell all your friends about it. And so let's go ahead and join um, already in, in progress if you will, and um, on Let This Mind Be In You. Thank you again for listening. And hello, and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. As you can see, up here in this little corner here, this is my dad, and he's joining me from New Jersey. Uh, Once again, hello, welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm in Rota, Spain, and live, well, we're not really live, this is pre-recorded, but uh, live right now to me uh, via the um, internet and all the technologies and wonders uh, from about 8,000 miles away, my dad. Say hello, Pop. Hey, Mike. Michael, how's it going over there in Rota, Spain? It's going good, Pop. And it's just, it's a, uh, I'd rather be home. Um, yeah, I, I'd rather you be home too. Well, and it, everybody out there, if uh, as you're watching this, you could be in prayer for me. So I let my wife know last night. Um, I'm not going to give you any dates and times and all that kind of stuff, but we were extended for two months. Um, so sorry to break it to you that way uh, over this recording, Pop. But um, uh, I, I uh, halfway expected it. Yeah, because of uh, different things. Uh, everybody knows what's going on as far as this virus and whatever. So there's some reasons, um, and I'm not, obviously not going to give a date. Uh, you know, Dad, I could talk to you later about more, a little bit more specifics. But just put it this way: that uh, Millie Grace's birthday, and or maybe a couple weeks after that, um, should be my new date. Uh, when I'll be coming home. So, okay. Well, um, uh, call me later on my secure line. Secure line. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how secure it will be, but uh, uh, we won't get into we won't get into that right now. But uh, anyways, call me on the red. Call me on the red phone. The red phone. I forgot about that. Now that you've mentioned the red phone, you got to change the color. Now it's not top secret anymore. You got to change the color of the phone in a different line. Ah, oh. oh, you messed it up. Oh, I, I just had a Joe Biden moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, NSA, forget everything you just heard. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So we're not going to get in trouble tonight. Uh, well, it's night for me. I guess it just turned afternoon for you. Um, but currently, while we're recording this, this is, uh, I got a little bit after six. Uh, p.m. And, and of course dad's on eastern time so it's uh, 12 a little bit after 12 in the afternoon there in new jersey um right. but at just as in a way of i guess not even introduction but um if you watch the live stream that we tried to do the last live stream right before i went on deployment uh we were having all sorts of technical difficulties we were having um well, some people thought everything was fine. You said you talked to some people in your building. 
Yeah. And they said there wasn't any kind of issues, but I'm telling you on, on my, on my, on my production software and everything like that, it was screaming at me, literally screaming at me. So this time we're just running Skype and we're recording. I'm doing it in a lower um, quality and I'm trying to do everything I possibly can. So that doesn't happen again. And um, so this time we should be okay. And your voice isn't lagging with the video. Um, and I got you on that other one. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Lord willing, everything will go fine. But if, okay. you, if you remember those that are watching, uh, we started talking about um, Acts as a transition book and specifically um, with the thought of the keys given to Peter. And uh, you started going through that. And what I wanted to do, and I took it down, it's still on my YouTube, but I, I made it private. So you know, I tried to work on it and it, it just, I couldn't get it to, I get, couldn't get it to work. So, um, we're going to do that again tonight. Um, so you can watch this and go back anytime. Don't forget you could, if you need to contact me at any time, you want to ask a question, you can either leave it down below in the comments section, which is, uh, we just had a brother, uh, brother Jonas, in fact, uh, talk to me right after Philippians four, we wrapped up Philippians four a couple nights ago. And uh, when he watched the video, he made a comment and, and suggested doing First John. And um, he said he was having some trouble, like understanding some things and how that some preachers, uh, specifically, you know, the ones that are the uh, the ones that uh, like street preachers a lot of times are the uh, what is that? Uh, sinless perfection here on this on this earth and saying and use first john especially first john three and i said well that's a great idea we just finished philippians and uh, we'll go through first john next so be looking for those videos next week uh, we'll start into the book of first john but tonight we're going to be in acts so let's open up our bibles or king james bibles to the book of acts and i'm going to start i'm going to turn it over to you pop and uh, what chapter are we going to be in well, we're going to be basically in chapter 3 through 10, basically skipping through, highlighting uh, the three uh, keys that Peter was given back in Matthew 16, 19. So if our viewers can go ahead and go to the book of Acts chapter 3, starting in about verse 14, uh, I'll just read one verse of scripture out of Matthew, a well-known, obviously, passage of scripture, uh, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 and 19, Jesus was talking uh, to uh, Peter when he said, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys, plural, of the kingdom of heaven, mm -hmm. and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever sh shall... Uh, Shall, thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. I think that's that's a key. I think uh, and that's why you kind of emphasized it when you said the kingdom of heaven, um, mm -hmm. right there in that in that in that in that passage. But um, okay, so we're starting out there, and then we're going. You said to Acts chapter three. Acts chapter three. All right. And uh, in Acts chapter three, of course, is the uh, uh, the day of Pentecost. And the sermon that Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. Oh well, no, uh, not actually. Uh, he he it's preached right after that. Yeah, it's yeah. when they went to the temple. Yeah, yeah. I got to go back to that uh, chapter two. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, uh, so this is where he preaches. Uh, first of all, uh, starting in verse number fourteen, there. 
He says there, another's mocking, uh, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, uh, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seen as but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. All right, so he's going to go into the sermon on the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit had already come down upon them. They, uh, Galileans, uh, people who probably had never left that area, didn't know these languages that were being spoken in the, in the previous verses of the chapter. And uh, God gives them the power to, remember, there's this 120 in the upper room, and uh, uh, the Holy Spirit comes down upon them, and they were able to speak with the 17 different dialects that, are mm-hmm. listed in the in the beginning of the chapter. And uh, what I believe happened, they were in the upper room, and uh, the power of Christ came upon them, the gift of God, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they went out into the streets, and they were preaching, or and the 17 different dialects. Now, Peter, he didn't speak in 17 different languages to those people. He only spoke in one language. Mm-hmm. And I believe the others, uh, out of the other 120, uh, knew this particular dialect, and some knew that particular dialect. And as he preached probably in Hebrew, it was translated into those different dialects by the other people that were in the upper room. Hmm. And they're all they're all marveled at all of this because Aren't yeah, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to find that voice uh, that verse right now where they marvel because they it, it says they heard it in their own language. Where's that right. at? Uh, it's in Acts. That's in Acts chapter two, verse four. That's right, and they were, and it says there, um, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit uh, gave them utterance, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Uh, yeah, verse six. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So they heard in their own language, but it doesn't necessarily say that they were speaking different languages necessarily. I mean, it could they could have been, you know, the like you said, the one out of all the 120 were maybe uh, given the gift uh, of God, you know, that came upon them and they were able to speak. Uh, Farsi right. or, or or whatever the the language was, because once mm-hmm. again the day of Pentecost. Just as uh, if you're new to the Bible, the day of Pentecost was a Jewish holiday, correct? And correct me if I'm wrong. And right. and Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover. The Passover lamb is sacrificed, and then 50 days on from that is what's called the day of Pentecost. And um, so, just by a, a brief little introduction of what Pentecost was, 50 50 days after that. It was a Jewish religious holiday, I guess, is the for lack of a better term. I mean, that's exactly what it was. But all these uh, proselyte Jews from all around the world would make a pilgrimage, uh, which is interesting that, you know, the the uh, the Muslims try to mimic this stuff by making the was it pilgrimage to Mecca. Well, they the the Jewish people, the proselyte Jews out of uh, everywhere including Ethiopia and every other place would come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Correct. And, you know, 
Right. And that's what they did. And, and, it, and it was post, most likely a once-in-a-lifetime deal for most of these people. Right. They weren't jumping on a plane and uh, land, landing in Tel Aviv and, and taking, a, taking a cab over to, uh, to Jerusalem, obviously. Absolutely. It took a lot of right. money, a lot of time to do that. And that's why they were still in the, in, in the, um, in the city. It was a once-in-a-lifetime. They would save up probably their entire life, and they would make this pilgrimage, and they would, they would have the, the Passover lamb. So what's really interesting uh, to me anyways, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but these, these same Jews would have been present singing Hosanna, Hosanna, and saw Jesus Christ enter in, as was oh, yeah. as was prophesied, on riding on the um, the colt, uh, the the young donkey, um, and they maybe were the same people that were laying the palm branches down, and exalting. Oh, no doubt, mm-hmm. these people were the same exact one. You didn't just go there for a week and then turn around and go back home. Uh, most likely, these people took uh, months, and in some cases, even years to get there, mm-hmm. and they would probably have stayed. I mean, if you're going to spend all that time and money to get to Jerusalem right. for the feast, which there are seven feasts, I believe, in the Jewish calendar, they mm. probably would have stayed there for the whole entire year. Oh, yeah, I uh, uh, wouldn't doubt uh, it. You know, they, they would have stayed there and, and experienced Jerusalem because most likely they're never going to get back there. Yeah, that's a great point. They're never going to go back. And so they're looking at this. And when I look at this verse of Scripture in verse 6, and when this was noised abroad, uh, as they were given utterance, notice that the Bible says they heard them, which is, of course is plural, speak in their own language. Mm-hmm. So they had to, uh, different again, different disciples mm-hmm. uh, in that 120 were different, were speaking these different languages. Yeah, the known, then, the known languages of the world probably at the time, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But then... Peter standing up in verse 14, well, he's only going to speak in one language. Hmm. He isn't going to, he isn't going to repeat the message for, you know, 17 different times hmm. in a different dialect. Sure. He doesn't have, he doesn't have to. That's right. Because he's, he, let's just say he's up on a hill or he's up on a staircase or he's somewhere where this whole group of people can hear him. Right. And he's preaching the word. And of course, if you went to Jerusalem uh, you probably took a caravan of people there because you didn't travel through the desert all by yourself all, all that months and weeks and so on. And you, uh, you probably in Jerusalem would congregate with people of the same language. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like, it's just the same way when people came to New York city from all over the world through Ellis Island. Sure. Just like your, were, your grandparents. Yeah, my grandparents, they had they went to an Italian neighborhood where everybody spoke Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't go to the Polish neighborhood, they didn't go to some other neighborhood. Correct. They wouldn't have been able to they went to people of the same language. So I can imagine that in Jerusalem of that day, there were people encamped in different places around the city mm-hmm. uh celebrating the Passover, then Pentecost and uh feasting and all the other kinds of things that they're doing, but they're with people with the same language. Now, some of them probably were multilingual, uh, most likely, uh, bilingual, multilingual. I mean, Paul probably knew all of the most of the dialects of his uh, major dialects of his day. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a great linguistic expert in those languages. He had no problem. But most people didn't have the education of Paul. Right. Amen. 
So they get to Jerusalem. They're all congregating in a group of people that they either traveled with and other people traveled from that particular part of the world. And they sat around each other and they camped around each other so they could converse with one another. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. That's and so that's a good way of just people like painting the picture. Uh, the word of yeah. God is painting this picture, and and we can uh, confer or we can infer by what the word of God says here. Just like you said, that they were gathered together. So the the point was is that the the verse that you read out of Matthew, where he was given these keys. What you're saying to me uh, then is this first key is essentially preaching once again. He's delivering. Um, the kingdom message uh, once again to Jews. There are only Jews there. They're not, they're not Gentiles mixed in abroad or mixed in gathered in here. And that's, I think that's the point that I was trying to make just by way of introduction, that this is a Jewish holiday. It's a Jewish custom. They would have been there for Jewish reasons. These were Jews, whether proselyte or not, they were Jews. They were, they were, they were Jews, even if they were black, uh, brown, Pick a pick a color, you know, and it didn't matter. If you were a it Roman did. that had somehow proselyted and and be, you know been circumcised in the flesh and did all what you had to do, you made this trip. You're there. You're by all intents and purposes, you're a Jew. Okay. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So this is the first key, and and when when I think of keys, I think of doors. Doors are opened by keys, and so on and so forth. Locks are too, but there's a lock on the door. You have to have a key. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at the keys that Peter was responsible for, which is plural, this is the use of the first key because mm-hmm. the gift of God, the opening of the door is the, the Holy Spirit coming and not coming upon them, but indwelling them. Right. As, as prophesied by, by Joel, was it? Yeah, it was Joel. Joel. Yeah. Which, which he mentions, which he he uses. Mm-hmm. Now, if there were if there were Gentiles there, no sense of quoting Joel because they wouldn't have any idea who Joel was, no clue. or what anything that he said. But the Jews would. Right. So he said this was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days and so on and so forth. And uh, so he he preaches this message, and we know that uh, three thousand people get saved uh, or accept the message. Right. Okay. So he's preaching. Uh, there's a whole group of people of all kinds of dialects. I think the other disciples are translating what he is saying mm-hmm. uh, into the, those known languages. They all marvel about that because all these people are all Galileans. Now, don't ask me how they knew they were all Galileans. The only idea, the only way I can know is is their their accent. Sure. The yeah, way they were dressed, maybe, yeah. Their accent, so on and so forth. But they said, "Are not all these men Galileans?" I here's well. some, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that is interesting. But here's here's something else that's interesting, uh, and I just wanted to bring this up real quick. Further down in Acts chapter two, here's here's why um, that you could see that it's not only fulfilling prophecy, but it's also telling a prophecy yet to come. Uh, That's right. And and so if you look down, um, so this is Psalms 110, verse 1, um, in verse number 34. Uh, this is mm-hmm. essentially talking about that when it says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. And um, in 
I think that's, again, that's prophecy yet to come because when Jesus Christ finally takes the heavenly throne is when the Bible says that he makes the, the earth his footstool and death and hell, the last enemy are cast into the lake of fire. And then it says, then he takes his place on the heavenly throne, which is kind of interesting that he's talking about that while talking about an earthly kingdom to come as well. The, the mm-hmm. thousand year reign of Jesus Christ will you'll rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years, which is sitting on the throne of who? David. Right. And so that so the Jews, even there, still haven't been opened completely. As you said, you know, that first key unlocked a door. So they saw the messianic, you know, oh, this is the king that we rejected. This is the Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah. Right. He died for our sins. He came to liberate us, not only physically, but also spiritually. But we rejected him as the king, but we can still receive him now spiritually, right? And right. we will look forward until he takes his earthly kingdom, where, which, you know, we've talked before, we believe that it'll be these Jews, um, I think, the transition Jews, the Jews in the time of Jacob's trouble and those in the Old Testament will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years, a specific time period um, right. on this earth. Now, that's another subject for a different day. However, yeah. it's very interesting that he talks about his heavenly throne as well. Um, Absolutely. Well, many, many, many prophecies have a dual meaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, if God makes a prophecy about something and the Jews reject it, he doesn't say, all right, well, that didn't work out. Uh, I'll throw that one out and I'll go on to another one. Right. No, any prophecy made and any promise made to the Jews is going to be fulfilled. The, the first generation, if you want to call it that, right here in our text, they rejected it, uh, uh, not whole cloth, because 3,000 people accepted the message. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the second message, 5,000 are going to accept it. All right. But in the, in the third one, we see nationally the, the leaders of the Jews reject it wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. So those are the three things that I've got written down. you got the first sermon that Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost. Okay. Then, you get, then you get into chapter 3 All right. of the book of, of Acts, where starting in verse number 14, um, uh, he talks to these uh, these people after the he- the the lame man was healed. Right. This the, is Peter and John gate. at the temple. Went into the temple right. and they yeah got it. And so now you got the second sermon where he says, "Ye denied in verse fourteen the holy one and the just and desire to murder to be granted unto you and kill the prince of life." And he preaches this message, uh, you know, basically telling them not by our power we've done this, but uh, God's done this. And then when you get, of course, down to uh, the the, uh, I think the Jews get uh, highly upset here, starting in chapter four. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, before we go there, uh, just something just popped out to me. What's that? Where we were talking before we started recording, we talked about the uh, um, your name will be blotted out. Remember, we were talking about the Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Look, look in um, it's something kind of interesting because it just jumped out because it's the same word. Verse number 19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I just thought that was kind of, it just, it's kind of hit me kind of interesting that uh, we were just talking about the, that your part 
uh, will be blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. We, we were just talking right before we recorded all this, so everybody's kind of like, "What? what wait, where? how did you jump to that? So I just wanted to mention that to you. This is just a little you know, little rabbit trail uh, yeah. that still is connected, I believe. <laughs> but uh, Well, I, I agree because blotting out, uh, what would you rather have blotted out? Your name, out of, your place out of the Book of Life or your sins? That's the choice. Right there, in the, in the, those are the two choices. The, those are good, your two choices. Yeah. Good call on that blotted out part. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, uh, they they uh, he preaches all the way up to chapter four, in the next chapter, where it says, and they spake unto the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees. In chapter four, verse one, came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus yeah, the, the resurrection. The resurrection, yeah. Because yeah. Sadducees, you know, they were sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe in the resurrection. Yeah. And they laid hold on them and put them in hold until the next day. Uh, for it is now evening time. It's late at night. It's before sundown. Mm-hmm. How be it? Many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. So wow. you can think about every, I mean, the day of Pentecost, there's tens of thousands of people uh, maybe hundreds of thousands in Jerusalem at the time, mm-hmm. you know, from all over this, all over the world. But 3,000 accept the message. Mm. And then there's all kinds of people, those same people are gathered here at the temple and they see this, and but only a minuscule part of them believe 5,000. You know, that's impressive. Yeah. Basically, the, the congregation of the church went from 120 to 3,120 to 5,120 in a matter of a couple of days. Right. And what, that's an interesting point. I think I know you may be going here. It just popped into my head where it talks about a few be there that find it. You know, straight yeah. is the way and narrow is, you know, is the gate. Right. Um, and so you're talking about keys, uh, keys unlock gates as well. And so Peter is again presenting this key, uh, the key right. to eternal life to the Jews here. And um, it still, even though that's a big number, we think about that as like, wow, if we saw 3000 people uh, come to the end of their, their own self-righteousness and repent and, and, and cry upon and call out to the name of the Lord and just come to the end of their own self and accept his free gift of salvation, we would just be floored with that, especially in today's day and age, right? Right. But relatively speaking, like you said, there that was maybe a fraction of the people that heard the message, one, and a fraction, right. even more of a fraction of the people that were in Jerusalem at that time. So. Yeah. Well, Jesus warned it. He said yeah, that sure there's, there's only going to be a few of those seeds that are going to come to fruition. Right. So... Uh, so basically, he gets into the second message here, and, and uh, in Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 5 through 22, and that's as a national. Uh, his first message on Pentecost was uh, the opening of this door. The second message in chapter 3 was to the individual Jews there in the temple, but now it's national. Mm-hmm. Now it goes to... The leaders, they're 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 Washington D.C. They're going to the, the the leaders of the country, right, right, and they reject. So, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Mm-hmm. So, we see three parts of the first key, where he's, and it's not going to stop there. It's not going to stop until you get to chapter eleven. Right. Basically. But but you're what you're saying though, when you're talking about um 
so he's 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 giving them the opportunity. He's giving them the opportunity, the same thing that Jesus did, you know, and the same thing, frankly, that John the Baptist did when he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He was presenting it to him nationally. They rejected him nationally when they said, crucify him, crucify him. Right. We have no king but who? Caesar. Caesar. Right? They, they literally would not, uh, they rejected him. He was despised and rejected of men, as the Bible says. He offers again, and I think what you're about ready to go through still with the first key is when uh, I think we're coming up on a certain individual named Stephen. Stephen. Where once again, this is so interesting. I, I, I can't wait to hear what you, uh, you're about ready to talk about. But um, it's so interesting that as he does this, if you pay particular attention, you just let the word speak for what it says. It literally is... I guess their last opportunity. And I'll ask the question. I think that, you know, that I'm going to ask you uh, when we get into Stephen here in a second. So I, I'll get, let you, I'll turn it back over to you. Okay. All right. So again, so all we've seen so far is strictly Jewish in nature. Okay. Which of course is completely uh, in line with others that have said through the scripture to, or especially Paul to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Right. Uh, God is a God of order, and uh, oftentimes when people uh, take things uh, that were promised to the Jews and then start applying those principles and those promises to them mm. or as the church in general, mm -hmm. this is where all the hodgepodge comes in. This yep. is where all it gets mixed up. Every single cult, every single thing that you can think of. Um, every. What is it, the uh, – the new apostolic reformation, you know, the seven pillars, uh, you got to take over the seven pillars and then Jesus will come and rule and reign and you'll rule and reign with them. You know, you got to take over industry and, and, and finance that. and government <laughs> and everybody. And it's, it's so look at me, turn it, I'm going to turn it back here so people can see me when I'm talking. Uh, well, folks, this is, you know, this is not new. No, this is, you know, it started with people, you know, it didn't start with, uh, Herbert W. Armstrong and the idea of English Israelitism and, right. and because they rejected the stone that was underneath David's throne was is set underneath the throne of the, of the King of England. Oh. Right. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the Anglicans, uh, Anglican church and, and, uh, Hey, I want to get a divorce. So let's just start up my own, uh, Catholic light, uh, and so forth and so on. Yeah. We understand all that. Um, but Absolutely. that's just so it's just so interesting that people think and this is why I talk about this all the time right here. Let this mind be in you. Folks, we need to be about the word of God as as Bible believing Christians. OK, we're born again. We need to understand what's going on in the world, of course, but it's not changed in 2000, 4000, 6000 years. People want to rule and reign. They want the key that was given that Adam had. Well, you were talking about keys. Adam had the key to the earth. He was he was told to dress it and he was told to keep it and everything like that, but he fell. Guess who gave guess until when Jesus comes and rules and reigns for a thousand years and then finally casts Satan and uh, death and hell into the la uh, lake of fire. That key is belong to the prince and power of the air right now. It's on loan essentially. Right. And that's why folks don't be about this life. Don't be about the temporal don't get so wrapped up in the temporal things, the um, all this virus and the, this political party and everything like that. Look, folks, me and my dad, trust me, we have our, we definitely 
are very aware and we talk about this stuff all the time, but it does, it should not consume us to the point where we forget what we should be about. And that's ambassadors because we're not a part of this kingdom, this, right. this fake, right. this vanity kingdom that right. people try to take this keys, you know, well, you know, their, their father, the devil has the key. He's it's on loan. He's been given that. The only way we, this is so amazing how the the correlation between keys and um, what you're talking about. Jesus Christ said, "I came to seek and save, to seek and to save that which was lost." What did they want to do? Hey, they wanted to set him up as a king, right? They right. that's all they wanted. But he said, "No, you got to take me as who I am." Before Abraham was, I am, and they wanted to kill him, not because he was like. A, not a strong political leader or whatever like that, but it's because he was claiming to be God. Right. And that's the problem people have They're, They don't have any problem with Jesus. Even today, Jesus, you know, the hip Jesus and all that kind of stuff. They don't have a problem with the name of Jesus, but they do have a problem with knowing who Jesus is. Yeah. Yep. God. Yeah. And then they'll, and they'll say the same thing the Jews said, we will not have this man to rule over. Ooh, see, <laughs> hmm. exactly and, right and, and, and that's amazing and so people get wrapped up in this whole thing with you know you know we even talked about this before we started dispensationalism and all this other kind of stuff folks just read the bible for what it says it, right. th this is not hard these are just jews that he's presenting it to in fact jesus said don't even take it you know you know going out two by two and shake the dust off your feet he told them not to even take the this message to the gentiles yet that's right. Because well, right. we're we're getting there. I'm I'm, I'm kind of skipping a few a little bit. No, ahead. that's okay. <laughs> because it all ties in, and, and yeah. that's the problem with most people. They don't see the whole picture. They see they read a verse of scripture and they don't think about what happened previously, mm -hmm. and that's where they get all kinds of mixed mixed up things. So yep. we we have all the way up into uh, basically chapter nine. Uh, Right after Peter's, after Stephen gets killed in chapter seven, let's let's go back to chapter seven because yeah, you wanted yeah. to say something. Yeah, on, I do. Yeah. On chapter seven. All right, so let's let's get to chapter seven, and uh, we'll see. I think the uh, remember out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Mm -hmm. The same thing when when you want to uh, convict somebody, you had to have uh, two to three witnesses. And you had the one person could not accuse you of something, and it all you can be convicted on this to one person. It had to be other witnesses, and we get to chapter seven where Stephen just literally gives them the whole history. Of he the does. It's it's a it's a it's a exhaustive abridged, I guess you would say, but it's still exhaustive history of the Jewish nation. Absolutely, every major point of God revealing himself to the Jewish people and how every major time they did, they rejected it. Mm, mm -hmm. and, and that right there ought to tell you something about the relationship that God, the, you know, God has with the Israelites mm -hmm. that, I mean, all through the book of the old Testament, they were with God. They weren't with God, but God making a covenant with them always brought them back. That's always right, that's brought right judgment upon them they brought brought which brought repentance and which brought a, a kinship again and then of course that would last a generation maybe two mm -hmm. and then they would start going off into idols and 
Right. But he never rejected them, never rejected them. The idea that we're going to inherit all the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is completely uh, obliterated with the idea that he could have done that before. Exactly. A, a hundred times, a thousand times, mm-hmm. as the Jews were being rejected. You said, well, what about they rejected Christ up until now? God's covenant, God's promises are are made not of none effect. They're assured, yeah, just like the book of Hebrews. As we're, you go through the book of Hebrews, you can see that. And you can, absolutely Romans chapter uh, 11 and so forth and so on. So he goes through all 60 verses uh, in there uh, of the, and then of course they, they go completely berserk at the end and wind up stoning them to death. Now, why did they, now why did they, this isn't the point I wanted to make. Why did they go completely berserk? Now they already wanted to like, you know, uh, they were already beating him up and everything like that. And he said, um, what does he start out with? He says, uh, yeah, because it, it, back in verse in chapter six, you know, they had already said and they sat in a council. So they were inside. They're at the council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. You know, just it was it was radiant. He, you know, they had the uh he was shining forth the, you know, the, the, the glory of the Lord was coming out Amen. of him. You know, he was filled with the spirit, you know, he, um, of course, Stephen was a saved man. The indwelling of the Holy spirit was there. It's, it's not like it came upon him. It just was there. Um, it's there. cause we just got done talking about that in Acts chapter two. But then when he went down all the way down through here, look when they just really, really, really get mad. Uh, verse 51, ye stiff necked and uncircumcised in, not in flesh, because they were obviously circumcised in their flesh. They're Jews, right. every good upstanding Jew. But it, what does it say? Uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Hmm. Amen. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, obviously Jesus Christ, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Goodness, mad. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the mm. glory of God. Who's the, glory of, who's, who's the glory of the Lord? Who's the glory of God? He saw Jesus and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, that's really interesting because no man at any time has seen God. So it not only says he saw the glory of God, but he also saw Jesus. And everybody's like, well, there you go. See? Two separate. Now, who did he see? He saw Jesus both times. He just saw the glorified Jesus and then whatever he remembered seeing when he was here on this earth, right? He saw right. Jesus. Still God. But when he sees that, he says, uh, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice. Now, the question I was going to ask you here, why was Jesus standing at the right hand of God instead of oh. sitting? Oh, I sit thou I, on my I, right hand until I make the enemies your footstool. And now it says here he's standing. Why do you think now I just I just from what we've been talking about, Stephen is once again presenting the kingdom, right? The Messiah, the Mashiach mm-hmm. Nagi, you know, the everything like that. He's presenting that. Why do you think he was standing? 
Well, I, I, I don't know. Since you frame it that way, uh, I was, I always thought that he was standing because of the honor that he's given unto Stephen. Um, Very well could be. Yeah. But standing at the right end, like when a, a commanding officer comes into the office where you're working and someone says attention and everybody stands up. Sure. Uh, very well, the, very well could be that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not meaning to try to stump the chump here, um, no. but I, I think that that's very well what it could have been. But as we're about ready to see, there's a transition that happens after Stephen. I think that this was the last opportunity that the Jews had as a nation um, to accept Jesus as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. This was it. And as he was standing, I know some people, you know, say, well, this is hyperbole. But I think as when it says he was standing, I think that he, if they would have accepted it and said, oh, woe is us, and they looked upon him whom they had pierced, all those pro- prophecies would have come true. Would have come true. Um, and somehow or well, another, he, he would have came after a short amount of time where the Romans maybe would have persecuted him. Uh, there would have been the man of sin would have came up, you know, the son of perdition. There would have been an antichrist. There would have been seven years from that point or, you know, however he worked it, he's God. And I think, I think that that's when he would have came back um, at the, at the end of that time of Jacob's trouble. There's there's another verse I have written down here. I said in the second sermon that the key, I, I, I neglected my note here. It said the key verse is chapter three, verse 20. Hmm. Let's go back there real quick. Let's go back there because it, this is where he talks about the blotting out of their sins. Mm. Okay. Then he says, notice, repent in verse number 19 again. Ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That we, Old Testament, the time of refreshing was the, the prophecy of him ruling and reigning on the earth. Mm-hmm. Then what he says here, look mm. what he says. And he shall send Jesus. Hmm. Hmm. He didn't say, and he would send Jesus after the church age is over, 2,000 years from now, whatever it is. Yep. He said, if you guys would repent, he would send Jesus. Hmm. I get out of that reference, he would have come. That's my point. And that's why right. I think, I think that's, that's the point I'm trying to make here now is that this, to me, I'm just, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pull some sort of new thing out of there. I'm sure other people have talked about this before, but to me, it seems like that Jesus was standing there, not only out of respect, of course, you know, as his saints, uh, one of his saints was about ready to, uh, you know, Stephen was about to be martyred and so forth and so on. But I do think that as a nation, um, they would have accepted that and maybe, maybe if they would have accepted that and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they would have looked up and seen, the, looked upon him whom they had pierced. Because all these yeah. guys were the ones that sentenced Jesus to death when they said, we have no king but Caesar. They're the ones that made the crowd get up and riled up and said, crucify him. These are the same guys that punched him, that slapped him in that, in that um, the Sanhedrin when he was God. in that first trial. These are the same guys. They know what he, they knew what he looked like. They knew Jesus of Nazareth. And if they would have been filled with the Holy Ghost at that time, if they would have finally came to the yeah. end of themselves, I think they would have looked upon him whom they had pierced. Yeah, it, I it, think it, it would have, as a nation. Yeah, yeah. Someone asked me that not too long ago in our Bible study when we were going through the book of Acts. What would have happened 
if they would have, as a whole, as a nation, accepted Christ. Right. And that's why I asked Repen- you that question. Repentance. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I said it before. And I said, well, read the book of Revelation. That, that's what have, would have happened. Yeah. I, that's exactly what would have happened. The Jews would have been persecuted. There would have been a seven-year tribulation. The man of sin would have been, oh, yeah, but what man of sin? Nothing, some things hadn't been fulfilled yet. Well, you, you silly ninny. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been the fulfillment of it. Sure. There's a lot of, and, there's a lot of different things that, and so we, we have the, we have the, I don't think it's a disadvantage. I think it's an advantage. We always say have the completed word of God, but we look, look back, we look back and we're like, Oh, right. what, what this and everything. Um, but, but God could make it happen and still fulfill all the old Testament prophecies. God cannot lie. So right. it, those things would have came to, uh, came to pass. Um, but we just see it and we're like, oh, well, how would the whole entire world been able to look upon uh, these two witnesses at that time? Well, I don't know the whole entire known world and was there. Uh, maybe they would have stayed there and the representatives of the known world would have came to Jerusalem, so forth and so on, and would have seen, uh, well, I think it's Moses and Elijah um, uh, come back and they would have been, wow, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Jews there would have been 12,000 virgin boys of each of the 12 tribes that would have been out and going forth and down the entire world, spreading the gospel of the kingdom. I don't know, it, it, but we, we look back and we're like, Oh, well, it didn't happen that way, but you're right. They, they didn't have, they said, well, we're waiting on the Gentile. We're waiting on the Gentiles and all this. They have no idea because remember they looked through a glass darkly. And the church was a mystery. Exactly, but guess who was there at Stephen's stoning? And again, oh, for oh. as a, as a reminder, I mean, see, a lot of people are coming to this for the first time. If you're watching this video, you're watching this. You're like, wow, you know, I didn't look at that. But at the end of chapter, what is it, seven? When Stephen is stoned, in, in the beginning of chapter eight, we yep. get uh, Saul. Yep, and as soon as it goes in there, and Saul, this is the same Saul of Tarsus that becomes Paul the apostle. And um, it's very interesting because Paul is going to take, he's, he goes to the Jew first, and, and we're not going to, we'll, we talked about that in Romans and in different places like that. But remember, Acts is the transitional book. Um, and as my dad is talking about through here, just remember this first key, he's talking to Jews. and But it's really interesting that the one that takes the message to the Gentiles, because the Jews reject this final time, I think, um, ushers in, this Saul. this new Saul and and so forth and so on, but mm-hmm. now we're coming up to key number two, and I think we're doing pretty good. It's already a yeah. long, a, a decently sized video, but it doesn't matter. Uh, let's just take okay. our time and go through the last. So two. that second key, let's just shorten it up a little bit here. Okay. If you go to Acts chapter eight, and uh, we see the second key, uh, Paul is introduced in the beginning of the first four verses or so, and uh, by the way, in verse number four, because I got it written down here. Verse number four of chapter eight, it says, therefore, they that were scattered abroad. Remember that phrase, because mm. we see it again in chapter 11. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. a, and it's a very it's a very vital point there, too. They were exactly. scattered. They were scattered abroad. Uh, for what reason? What purpose? Well, right. you're about ready to talk about it. So I'm about to ready to talk to you about it. Now, uh, the next key is found in chapter five, uh, eight, verses five through twenty five. Mm. And we have. The man uh, basically paving the road here, and I'm going to use that phrase, paving the road, 
for this second key for Peter to use, because he's the one that the Spirit sends down to Samaria. Again, half Jews, half Gentiles. Uh, they had it bad on both sides. They were not loved by the Gentiles. They were not loved by the Jews. Nobody hated them. Uh, everybody hated them, by the way. And so, uh, so we go from Jews only. Now we go to Jews and half Gentiles, mm -hmm. which is in Samaria here. Uh. Start started in verse number five. Then Peter, uh, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. The people with one accord gave uh, heed to those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now again. At the beginning, it was only the, the uh, apostles that were able to do miracles. But in, in the process of time in chapter 6, remember, they laid their hands on the eight, uh, if you want to call them, deacons, uh, the, those guys, and they were able to do great miracles. All mm -hmm. right, So mm -hmm. here he does, and it backs up because the Samaritans, while they were half Jew, uh, Gentiles, they still were half Jews. Right. And they knew about the prophecies. They, sure, they knew about the prophecies. They sure did, because uh, as I like to talk about, I think it's John chapter 4, when Jesus talks to the woman at the well that's in Samaria. And, yeah. and she asks him, "Why you being a Jew, you talking to me and everything like that. But he uh -huh. offers her, <laughs> this is so interesting because we're going to talk about it in a second. Again, I don't want to go on another uh, no. side, side uh, path here, but Jesus says to her, if thou knewest what? the gift of God and who it is that's speaking that's to That's right. Ah. So the Jews at Jerusalem, first message, they get the gift of the Holy Ghost. Notice very quickly when the 3,000 are saved, there's no mention of them getting the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. The 5,000, no mention of it. Right. The, because it already happened. The door's already open. Hmm. People that are accepting the message are getting the spirit. They're getting the gift. Okay? Yep. All right? Uh, our Pentecostal friends would tell us, well, proof that you get the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. Well, don't tell that to the 8,000 that heard the message Correct. In, the, in the beginning of the book of Acts because they didn't speak in other tongues. Right. All right? So now we get down to the Samaritans, chapter 8 here, and I wrote down the key verse here, to me, is 17 and 18. Mm. Now, uh, he preached Christ unto them, the Bible says there. And uh, Simon, verse 13, believed also and was baptized, and, but none of, them, none of them received the Holy Ghost, verse 15, who when they came down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as yet he, the Holy Spirit, was not fallen upon any, none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. That's Peter and John going down there. Mm -hmm. They received the Holy Ghost. Well, what happens? Well, the Bible says here in verse 18, when Peter, when Simon saw, now, yeah, this Simon the Sorcerer guy here. Yeah, yeah, Simon the Sorcerer sees uh, that they had received the Holy Ghost. Now, when you got the, when you were saved, did someone see the Holy Ghost coming down upon you? No, no, it didn't happen. Uh, when I got saved, it didn't happen. Uh, anybody else that you see getting saved, you didn't see cloven tongues of fire sitting upon sure. their head right. and speaking another. They didn't. That doesn't happen. Hmm. So when it says here that Simon saw, 
He, they did something, the Samaritans did something where he can actually visibly see it. And my <laughs> only estimation is, it doesn't mention it, is that they began to speak in other tongues. Yeah. A mere, some outward manifestation sure. was shown that he could see it. And so he's so impressed with that uh, that he says, hey, man, give me that power. Mm-hmm. And he said, and, and, and Peter basically says to him, you don't have any lot in this matter. You, you don't have any authority in this matter. It's, you have nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. Amen. So he wanted it. So you say, well, Brother Andrew, aren't you assuming that they were, Simon saw something. Mm-hmm. Whether he saw the spirit coming down like they did on the, on, on the day of Pentecost, I don't know. Doesn't say. Yeah, he Amen. just knew that when he saw them lay their hands on these people, they received the Holy Ghost. Something something made them like something was obvious about it, obviously. Obviously. Because so it, it, the it was the only example the only example we have so far of people getting the Holy Ghost is that they begin to speak in other tongues. Sure. Yeah. So I could make this assumption without going out on a big branch cutting myself off here. Sure. Amen. And I think they spoke in other tongues. Just like they seen on the day of Pentecost as a proof to the Jews that were there who can't, you know, the proof to Peter and John and as well as others that may have come with them mm-hmm. that they got the spirit of God. All right. Yep. So that's the second key, basically. Okay. So the second key is to the half Jew, half Gentile uh, nation of Samaria. Of Samaria. And then, of course, they go and they speak. The Bible says at the very end, they went and they spoke to other villages in the uh, in Samaria. Right. So it was a region. It wasn't just like it was a town of Samaria or something like that. Right. That was the only but No, it was a whole entire region. I think it's what is it north of Israel? Because those that was part of the think, northern kingdom. I think, I think it's south. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember my I, Bible geography that much. It doesn't wanna, matter. Yeah, it doesn't look matter. Look on a Bible map. Look on a, <laughs> a Bible map. Yeah, I don't think it really it matters either, but I okay. do think it was part of that uh, the the northern part that had. Anyways, it's it's all. Uh, okay, but to bolster this idea, all of a sudden they're having a great revival. Uh, you know, the spirits coming in the Samaria, mm-hmm. but God tells Philip. Now, again, Philip paved the way, but Peter was the one that gave them the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost, opened the door to the Spirit to the half-Jew, half-Gentile. That's interesting. That's okay. very interesting. That, that Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. It didn't happen with Philip. He was a great man. We're going to find that now God says to him, go down to Gaza, which is desert. Mm-hmm. And he runs into the Ethiopian eunuch, who also is, hears the message, also accepts Christ, uh, and... He's baptized. Sure. But there's but there's no indi- he didn't speak in tongues. Yeah, there's no, no indication of any kind of Holy Spirit coming upon him, so forth and so on. We know he did. Him. He was sealed into the day of redemption right there. Absolutely. We, we know that. Here here's something really super interesting too. Um not only the fact that you just talked about the Samaritans, but it's so fascinating that the Bible just immediately talks about Philip goes and he speaks to a proselyte Jew. So it wasn't a half Jew, half Gentile. This was a full Gentile, but he was a proselyte Jew. Absolutely. Which another time in the time of Jacob's trouble, I believe there will be a lot of proselyte a lot of Jews. 
um, a lot of, of every nation, kindred, tongue, and so forth and so on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It isn't us. Fact. <laughs> uh, so much okay. fact in that. Yeah. So it isn't us. But you see here in this one chapter, half Jews, half Gentiles. Now we have a whole Gentile who has become a Jew, but now he's a Christian. Amazing. Right. He's going to take the he's going to take the gospel into Africa. Africa. Yep. All right. Super interesting. The rest of the known world. That's right. The rest right. of the known world. Okay, so, so there's two eternity, keys. Eternity will only tell us what happened there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Now, then uh, that's the second key. Now we see in chapter nine, of course, the call of Paul. The call of Paul. Yes. Yep. The call of Paul. The call of Paul, and we know what happens there. And that's in chapter 9. Now, uh, we go down to uh, chapter, uh, verses 25. And uh, I've got uh, through 30 is some key verses here. And when saw, uh, uh, then the disciples took him by night and let him down by a wall in a basket. And when, when uh, Saul was come to Jerusalem... Now, we know that after his conversion, he didn't immediately go to Jerusalem. We That's know right. he spent three years in the backside of the desert, so to speak, mm-hmm. and was taught by the Spirit of God. So most people don't realize that between verse 25 and 26, the three years elapse. Yeah, it, talk, it talks about that in other places. Um, in, Galatia, in the book of Galatians mm-hmm. and others. All right? So three years. So... Uh, down to verse 31 where it says, and then uh, had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost and were multiplied. Now we get back into Peter. Yeah, that's so interesting. Verse Dad, number 32. We can't, we just, I know we're, we've almost gone to an hour here, but we can't just skip over that. That's so fascinating they were talking about that. Um so there's a, a a fraction of time of three years, but look, this says the um, when he when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple, even after those three years. So it wasn't even like, it. hey, listen, this guy that um, he was miraculously saved on the on the on the road to. Um, uh, Damascus to Damascus. He was saved and this guy went and uh, healed him is from his blindness and so forth and so on. But still, they were still afraid of him. Just how much Paul at the time, Saul was just persecuting them. Like by, by it it must've been terrible. uh, One of, one of the reasons why I think Paul went through, remember there's also something else that that Paul was told. He, Barnabas, uh, when he went there to receive, to get Paul his sight back mm-hmm. in Damascus, he said, I'm going to show him all things that he must do. Hmm. That's what the, uh, the Lord said to Barnabas right. when, he w- when he went over there. Uh, he said, I'm going to show him all things he must suffer for my name's sake. Yep. You say, well, why did, why did Paul go through the thing? Because of what he had done before, and you could you could use the term he was trying to make amends. I, that's not true, but mm-hmm. the intense persecution of Saul, who would become Paul, that and Paul accepted it. Paul, 
imagine if God came to you and said, I'm going to show you what all the problems you're going to have in your life for the next 10 years. Mm. Well, we'd all be Jonah. We'd be heading for the first ship towards Tar- the Tarshish. We'd be getting out of there at a dodge, man. Sure. But he, saw, he told Paul everything that he was going to suffer his namesake. And Paul said, I'll do it because I deserve it. Yeah, and he said um, he said a, a reasonable service, but that he, when he said reasonable service, he talked to the, the people there. Where is that at? In uh, Romans. Yeah, when he talked about in Romans to the Roman church there, he said, which is your reasonable service. He's talking about a living sacrifice. Paul already knew, from what I'm understanding from what you're saying here, that he would be martyred. He would be killed. But he's not telling them to, to follow him in everything. See, that's where people go off the deep end, too, where they're like, well, we got to follow. I mean, Paul did this, and so we're like Paul. We need to be like Paul. No, you need to be like Paul said. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let Very the good. Holy Spirit work. And and just because people think that, you know, we're suffering persecution, uh, folks, in, in America. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. And Paul suffered those things for what reason? What purpose is to get the gospel out? He he went Absolutely. to Rome and so forth and so on. All right. So All right, second key. Second now key. Now the is done. third key. Yeah. Now the third key. We get back into Peter now. We had the the, the going to showing what happened to Paul. Now we get back into Peter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to make an assumption that it's three years later. Okay. Sure. I mean <laughs> because Paul because Paul between verses 25 and 26. All right. So it's sometime later. It's not the next week. That's for sure. Sure. So then we get back in. There was a, a certain man in chapter 10, uh, Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, yeah, a yeah. devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So here is a, you, you talk about a Gentile proselyte. This guy heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I could only see that he prayed to God always, praying to the right God. Yeah, but it was what's interesting, though, is I don't think he's a proselyte Jew, though. And there's, no, I didn't say he was a Jew, but he, he's heard about the God of the Jews. Exactly, and I think that's what you're about to talk about with this third key here, that he was fully Gentile. However, he had a head knowledge, I guess you would say, of understanding, just like the centurion that uh, uh, was standing at the foot of the cross and said, um, surely— uh, this is the son of God. This is the son of God. Yeah. That, that same thing. Maybe that same soldier. I mean, I can't. We're gonna, you know, make up a, a some back history here. You know, that isn't no. isn't shown in the Bible. But this guy was a powerful centurion, right? He was uh, a centurion uh, was in charge. He was that hundred men, uh, which is a century, a uh, hundred men that he was in charge of. It was like he was the voice of the emperor, you know, at that level. And right. uh, so a very right. powerful man, maybe this same soldier was in his, his uh, centurion band there, uh, the Italian band and said, let me tell you about this. And he's like, well, man, these Jews that I'm around all the time talk about this guy and, but they speak about God and everything. So he had a head knowledge at this time, knew of these things, but you're getting into the third key, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna turn yeah. it right back over to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, basically, it's you know, he said he he gave much alms to people, so he was a very uh, generous man. Sure. Uh, with his budget that he might have had, helped the people. 
that doesn't say whether he gave just to the Jews or not. But I think he, I, I think reasonably he, remember, he's a polytheist. Hmm. He, he was raised a polytheist, a god of everything. But then the, the Jews were the only people who believed they were monotheists. Right. Believed in oh, that. Only one God, only one God. Mm-hmm. And so he's a, this is a man who has spiritual interest. Sure. He's interested in spiritual things. Just like and those guys at Mars Hill, you know, they had, spirit, yep. And, but they had spiritual interest mm-hmm. and, but, it, but it uh, really is a great picture of people today. Mm. If you really want to know who God is, pray to God, ask him, reveal yourself to me. He's not mm. interested in hiding himself from anybody. That's right. Okay. So just like, uh, Cornelius, Cornelius may have been praying, the God of the Jews, is he the real one? God, if you're there, can you show me who you are? Mm. He had an interest. And, but, and the Bible so, talks about that, uh, who, uh, who seeking after light, uh, he will reveal yeah. more light and, and so forth. And, yep. And you shall find. Yeah. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Sure. So he saw a vision, apparently about the ninth hour of the day. Oh, who's he see? Who's he see? Yeah. Uh, saying unto him, Cornelius. And he looked upon him and was afraid and said, what is it? Lord? Question mark. Mm-hmm. He's questioning who the, and he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Now mm-hmm. I believe, like you do, this is Jesus appearing to him. Sure. Cornelius doesn't know what Jesus looks like. Nope. He doesn't know what God looks like. Mm-hmm. But Jesus comes to him. And, and even if it's an, another angel sure. or, or an angel sent by God, I think it's Jesus himself. And if it's Jesus himself, the question uh, comes up, well, why didn't Jesus just tell him about himself? Mm. Well, because Peter has one more key to use. Ah. <laughs> because he has to fulfill all the keys. Mm. And so uh, he says, them, send, and, and he sends men down there, and we know the story of, that uh, that Peter saw the vision of the sheep going down yeah, with all un- kinds of unclean animals That's right. in it, and so on and so forth. And so Peter doubted within himself in verse 17 uh, what the vision he had seen would mean. Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And, of course, they called for him. Peter goes down there and said, why do you guys come? Well, Cornelius in verse 22, a just man and, a, and one that feareth God capital G, mm. and a good report among the nation of the Jews. That's another That's another indication that he was highly interested mm-hmm. in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hmm. which would, again, which would have been completely opposite of his raised religion of polytheism. Of course, yeah. Okay? And so, and so he's a just man. Then he called him in, lodged with him, and he went there the following day, right? And so they met with him, uh, and the morrow, verse 24, when they entered into Caesarea. And by the way, who else is in Caesarea? Hmm. Uh, Paul? Just as a side note. No, Philip. Oh, yeah. Philip, after the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, went, went up the coast, oh. and the Bible says that he went to uh, Caesarea. He, he went to Caesarea and 20 something years later, when Paul's coming back, going back to Jerusalem, he stops in Caesarea and he talks with Philip and his daughters. Hmm. 
So he stayed there all that time. Was there a church in Caesarea? No doubt about it. No, yeah. <laughs> and the and the uh, the leader, the pastor of that church, Philip. most likely Philip. Yeah. But Philip is right down the street. The point is, Philip is right down the street. Why didn't Jesus send Philip over there to talk to this guy? Yeah. Hey, Philip. Because uh, of... go down the, go down three blocks and make a left. Go to this. Go to this guy. <laughs> Man, that is so amazing. Isn't the word of God amazing? Because it's because Peter is given the key. Peter's the one. Mm. He's the one with the authority. He has the keys. Hmm. So we already know that Philip is there. Hmm. All right. I'm sure the town isn't the size of New York City. You know, it's a lot smaller than that. And he could have said it would have been a whole lot faster trip. Hmm. But he doesn't say to Philip, hey, Philip, go down to this guy's. Cornelius and give him the message that you gave to the Ethiopian eunuch. No, he goes down to Joppa, sends men down there, not that far away, but he goes down to Joppa, brings back Peter to him. And uh, uh, he says there in uh, verse number 25, and Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet and worshiped him. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. Well, he's well, the Pope. He's the Pope, if right? He's so, the first Pope, man. That would be okay. Mm. We see people worshiping the Pope all the time, <laughs> bowing down, kissing his foot, kissing, the kissing ring. his ring. Yeah. All the other kids. Peter snatches him by the back of the neck and picks the guy up. Wow. Man, right there. There it is. Don't bow down to me, man. I'm nothing. Now, why have you sent for me? And he tells him the story, re- recants the story of what happened to him. And then uh, you get down to. Uh, verse then 30. Peter opened his verse 34, yep. basically. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. That's the vision that Peter had on the rooftop mm-hmm. at si- Simon the Tanner's house. All right. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. That's not the message from Pentecost. That's not the message to the, to the Samaritans. But it's the message to the Gentiles that every everyone that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted him in every nation. Mm. That's what we're preaching today. So we've transitioned from Jews, half Jews and Gentiles, now to the Gentiles. And each and every case, Peter had a hand in it. Now, I wrote down here just as a side note this morning, which I just thought about it. When you look at uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost, God used Peter to pave the way to the Jews and getting the uh, getting the Holy Ghost with that key. Mm. It was Peter. In the second message in chapter 8, God used Philip to pave the way, but still uh, Peter had to drive down that road mm-hmm. to get the Holy Spirit to the Samaritans. But now, who paves the way here with the Cornelius? Holy, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit or Jesus Christ, which is directly the Spirit of Jesus, uh, which is the Holy Ghost, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why that's right. these three are that's one. Right. Yeah. So now it's God Himself who paves the way for Peter. Which is exactly what, um, if you're listening to this uh, this message, you went all the way through. I may break this up into several different parts, uh, but it, this has all been so good just to listen to it all the way through. Um, but if you listen yeah, all the way through. They get two hands. <laughs> well, we might do that. But uh, when you listen to this all the way through, if you're listening to this right now, 
there's no more Peter on this earth that's coming in and 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 saying these things to you and and the the Holy Ghost working on you. There's no more Philip. There's no more apostles. What there is though is ambassadors. My dad and I and other born again believers that we faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're opening the word of God and saying of a truth, Jesus Christ is God. He he came to this earth, took on the form of a servant. He lived a sinless life because he was a sinless sacrifice, and he died on a cross for your sins and mine, the sins of the world, just like he said he would. But not only that, when he died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, which even Peter preaches here in Acts chapter uh, 10 and verse 40. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. He made yep. a show of that over death and 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 uh, the grave by rising again, he was the first fruits of the resurrection. All that is available for you now, but it's not us that's trying to lay hands on you to get the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's working on your heart right now. If you're listening and say and drawing you and saying this is truth, you need to accept this truth. You need to come to the end of yourself, your own self righteousness, and and that's that's the key, the free. The gift of God, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit of promise, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter 1, is free and available for you. And here it is. Amen. The third key Amen. is open to the Gentiles. It doesn't matter now. God is not a respecter of persons, as Peter says here. It's to the Jew first and also to the Greek, but it's available to all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's Amen. only one way. Only one way to uh, have that gap, so to speak, removed, that, that chasm removed, and that's, that way is Jesus Christ and his, and his work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Um, and, and one last point. Go ahead. One last point. When you, when you get into, I said, remember that phrase, scattered abroad. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? We've seen that back in the beginning of the book of Acts. Then you go to chapter 11, verse 19, where it says, and they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution of Stephen. So it gives you a definite time when they were scattered. Yep. They only heard one message. The one message that all of those people that were scattered was to the Jews only because it's years and years later. Mm. It says right here, traveled as far as Phoenix, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to none but the Jews only. Now you talk about the message traveling slowly. Hmm. They were scattered abroad. They only heard one, the first key. They only heard the first key. So years later, and you can get yourself a chronological Bible and you can you know, determine how many years it was from the day of Pentecost and when they were uh, Stephen's uh, uh, martyrdom to now, chapter 11, verse 19. But these that were scattered abroad, they were still preaching the same exact message that they were preaching to the Jews. Mm-hmm. But here, they're going to be changed. Yeah. And so God is not, as I always say, God doesn't own a Rolex. He doesn't own a calendar. Yeah. And one of the, one of the biggest mistakes people make is, well, this event happened, and then in the next week this happened, and then the next week this happened. We're talking in the first 11 chapters, a span of years, right? The span of years. And something else for you to think about when you look at this, 
when it talks about the God winked at their ignorance, mm-hmm. think about that when you think about this transition. Yeah, years. Who was he winking at? Hmm. If if a Jew had not heard the gospel of the death, burial, resurrection to that time, and he was keeping what he knew that he was revealed to him by God in the Old Testament until this point in time right here, mm-hmm. I think they would have been righteous people yeah, until it was until it was all fulfilled. Yeah. And then, because these guys are still preaching the same message from the day of Pentecost. Right. You think of Apollos. You know, Apollos only knew the baptism of John. Um, That's it. Because it took for a long time for this to spread. And this is just a little side note here at the end. Uh, I've talked to you about this before. I, 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 to me, I think that the destruction of the temple in when um, the the uh, was it Titus or the uh, came in the centurion that or the Romans that came in and they they raised the city. They just burned it to the ground and the temple was destroyed at that time. To me, I think that that was at 70 AD, I think is somewhere around there. I think that yeah, that 70 was, AD. I yep. think that that was, I think the cutoff. No, I don't, I don't know that to be, yeah. you know, doctrinally, I'm not trying to, you know, put my foot down and, and draw a line in the sand by any shape or uh, fashion on that. But uh, to me, you know, that gave the time for the gospel um, of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it had a time to spread um, throughout the known, right. throughout the known world. Paul right. had, had been martyred, I think, by that time uh, because he's he's martyred in sixty six A.D. somewhere around there, um, right. and so forth and so on. And by then, Paul had made these missionary journeys. the The gospel had been starting to spread, and I think that that was the cutoff. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt what Jesus predicted to himself. You know, not one one stone is going to be left on top of this thing. Right. So yeah. he may have given us the key to understanding when that cutoff was going to be for the sure. Jews. 70 AD. Maybe. And righteous Jews who had not heard the gospel up until that time. But then it says, God winked at it. Hmm. But now calleth all men to repentance. Mm. Yeah. You see, that's the next part of the verse. Yep, it sure is. Sure it is. Okay, let's end it before you run out of tape. No, we're not going to run it. Well, we don't have tape, Pop. But uh, no, oh, that, I'm sorry. I just had a Biden moment. <laughs> oh, here we go. That's how you want to start and end with a Biden moment, uh, moment or whatever. Okay. Go ahead and put your records on, man. Put your records on. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so that's great. Hey, thanks for joining me, Dad. Um, I, I'm glad we got to go through, and I'm glad we took the time um, to really go through the three keys there. I think it's really good for – and by the way, if you made it this far through it, um, uh, like I said, just go back study it on your own and look at it. You know, we're not, we're not trying to preach, you know, you know, all these dispensational preachers and stuff like that. We're just reading what the word of God says. Right. Jews, half Jew, half Gentile, uh nation of, and then finally to a Roman, a, a not a not not even a proselyte Jew, nothing. Just a straight up Gentile. And it was right. all opened and Peter Talked about the you know the gift of God, the Holy Ghost, um, and go, by the way, you can go watch those that four part series on the gift of uh, God, and um, if you want to know more about that. But thank you for joining me, Dad, from uh, New Jersey. I think it went well, and um, I I just wanted to wrap it up by saying I love you, and love um, you too, love and, you too, bro. And I appreciate the fact that um, you, you came on, and this is uh, the end. 
yourself. Thank you so much for watching and um, study it out on your own. And if you have any questions, comments, leave them below. And uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and uh, tell all your friends. uh, Let this mind be in you where we take the word of God and let this mind be in you. Let the spirit teach as we just read the word and um, not trying to bring our own thoughts out of it. And if we do bring our own thoughts, as you as you could tell, we definitely tell you that it's our own thoughts. Um, That's right. If it's not plainly it's Kev- spoken. It's either Michaelology or Kevinology, either one. <laughs> right. So anyways, love you in the Lord. Thank you for joining us again here on Let This Mind Be In You. And uh, we'll see you next time. And like I said, um, chronologically, if you're watching this uh, before next week, and we're going to start the book of First John and uh, speak about that. And so hope you join me then. All right. God bless you. Love you in the Lord. And uh, we'll see you sometime soon.